Welcome to the Messages Podcast with Every Nation NYC. We are here for you to know God, grow together, discover purpose, and make a difference in New York City and beyond. Please check out our Facebook and Instagram at Every Nation NYC. Enjoy the message. We're celebrating this Christmas season where God gives us gifts. Who likes gifts? I mean, gifts are so good. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I've also been able to participate in the, in the joy of giving gifts. Jesus said, it's better to give than receive. And I'm starting to see that truth in my life as I enter into a gift-giving season towards my kids, uh, towards my family. Man, but that gift-giving tradition around this time of year, as we celebrate Christmas and Jesus coming down, that, that gift-giving tradition was started by the Lord. Started by him giving us his son. And as I look at how our culture, like how many budgets are built off of the, the finances that come in during this season for so many businesses. You know, Fifth Ave is basically living on this moment where people flock to our city to buy. Without this month, probably wouldn't be a Fifth Ave, right? Our Lord, through his generosity towards us, shifted and changed culture forever. But what we want to do is let it shift and change us in the right way and not in the wrong way. To focus on the gift above all gifts. And so we're looking at this season of gift giving and we're talking about the unexpected gift. The unexpected gift is uh, the title of our sermon series. And today I'm looking at the necessary gift. Because some gifts you'll want and some gifts you need. <laughs> you ever had a gift that you just needed? Just me? You ever had a gift that you needed? I remember being 20, maybe 21 years old. I got my first apartment. I'm living out on my own. I have a roommate, and I'm in a foreign country, and I'm making it work. I'm working at a job at a sandwich shop. I'm working, um, and I'm going to school, and I'm finally, like, feeling like, all right, I've got, I'm, I'm on my feet. You know, I've got my own place. I've got a roommate. I've got a job. I'm making it work. And I get about six months to a year into living in a foreign country, living on my own, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my power bill for the first time turns up. My first power bill of my life, and guess what? It's a year's worth of power bill. And all of a sudden, my sandwich shop job that was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a real man, I'm a real making, earning man, did not look so fruitful all of a sudden. As my power bill comes in, that's more than I make in a month. I'm like, oh, I, I clearly have not accounted for all of my life here. <laughs> There's some things that are hitting me that I was not expecting in this foreign country, you know, and not to mention, like, everybody pays their power bill, Nathan. You should have known better. But I didn't know how to set it up. Get off my case. Stop judging me. <laughs> I, was, I was in a foreign country. And the excuses could continue, but the fact of the matter is, pay your power bill or have your lights turn off, have your heating turn off in this cold, dark land where my wife is from. It's cold and dark where you're from, baby. <laughs> We've been celebrating in this season, the heat works. New York City, the most overheated city in the world. I mean, we're celebrating with our socks off. It's so good to be in New York City. She's like, man, I used to write my dissertations with gloves on. <laughs> And now I'm in the most overheated city in the world. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we can celebrate that. We can worry about the environment later. But right now, let's just celebrate 
Let's just celebrate that the heat works in New York. I mean, for, on, the, on a whole, the heat works, and we're grateful because it's cold outside. So I've got this power bill. <laughs> and my dad stepped up and gave me a necessary gift. It's not the gift that I wanted. It's the gift that I needed. The necessary gift. And my dad, thank you, Dad, sitting on the third row today. I am where I am for so many reasons, including my first power bill because of my dad. I mean, not to mention my own existence, but you know. That was also, I suppose, a necessary gift. Thank you, Dad. So much. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. <clears throat> we serve a God who's good. He revels in generosity. He started this culture of gift giving. He loves to give good gifts. He loves to give financial breakthrough. He loves to give new jobs. He loves to give peace abundantly. He loves to give love lavishly. He loves to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower our daily life. He loves to give good gifts. But he also loves to give necessary gifts. We wouldn't be where we are today without necessary gifts. We've all needed gifts at different times in our life. And we serve a God who loves to give good gifts and needed gifts. And today I want to talk about a needed gift, a gift that we all need. And it comes to us from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. So Father God, I pray that you would open up these words to us, whether we know them, whether we've memorized them, whether we've heard them before, or maybe they're brand new to us today. God, open up these words. Help them to settle in on us and see the needed gift that you're giving for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But, that's a good but. I like big buts, B-U-T, and I cannot lie. <laughs> I like that, but. <laughs> the wages of sin, back to the sin part. Was that sin? I don't know. I don't know. But the wages of sin, whatever may have just entered into your mind, is death. But, thank you, Jesus, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's sin, there's Sin is real, sin happens, sin is just everywhere. It's just prolific and it proliferates. It's the nature of sin, it's like dirt, it spreads. I've got three children and dirt spreads in my house. I feel like I have to vacuum my house like twice a day just to keep my socks clean. And now with an infant baby that eats banana, it's like, oh, it's like my very worst pet hate is mushy things on the bottom of my soul. Yes. Rice on my sock is the worst. Followed only shortly after by banana and mashed potato and other things my baby's spreading on the floor. Sin spreads, dirt spreads, grime spreads. It proliferates. Maybe what crossed your head when I referenced a song that maybe you grew up on 
it spreads about. And I didn't mean to cause bad thoughts to come back into our head, but that's just the nature of sin. It's everywhere. It's spreading around. And, and I want to provide a definition of sin that can kind of expand it out because normally we think of sin as over there. That's surely somebody else. And pastor, you're not going to shame us today. We, we want to make peace with our sin. We want to normalize our sin. We want Our culture just wants to gloss over sin and say, you know what, that's just normal anyways. That's just our behavior. That's just what's normal. But the fact of the matter is that God has a standard for us. And it's not set by whatever is happening on Fifth Ave or Broadway or in our news feed or in our social media feed. It's not whatever has been normalized in our culture. The standard of sin is in the heart of God. It's outside of our control. And sin is in our hearts. Sin is, it starts with this, sin is a predisposition, a predisposition, mm, excuse me, I'm going to say this word. It's a predisposition to live according to our desires and feelings over the laws and the ways of God. Sin is a nature that's within us, a predisposition, a bentness in our soul that turns ourselves away from God and onto our own feelings and desires. And then it proliferates. Sin is that, that thing in me that wants to Glorify certain parts of the body. And then that thing in you that, that went there in your head as well. Sin is that natural disposition. That way that we want to go, the way that we want to live by our desires and our feelings rather than God's expectations for our lives. If you, earn, if you have a job or if you've ever had a job, you've been paid wages. What's the minimum wage in New York City now? 15? 17. I'm not keeping up to date. 15? 17? 15? It's somewhere in there. Thank you. 15. <laughs> I'm going to get in a fight. <laughs> the natural predisposition to start an argument with your neighbor or your spouse. Sin. Fake news. Sin. Anyways, you see how easily things can spread? You see how easily we can get into, into a fight? <laughs> how our soul can slip into a culture war just by asking what the minimum wage is? Maybe that's, where, maybe that's where some of us went. Do you see that? The wages of sin, what we get paid is death. And this death is a consequence of when we unplug from our God when we turn our hearts away from his love, his plan, his desire for our life, just like a job brings wages, you then do something. Sin also brings wages. You do something. And death might seem like a little bit, I don't know, like you're paying too high for this job, God. <laughs> like the, way, the wages of sin is, say what now? But sin separates. Sin separates us from the Lord. And if we unplug from our origin, from our existence, if God is, in fact, the source of life, if he is the definition of good, if he is the one that put breath in our lungs and being into our bodies, if he is the one that started this whole thing and we want to live without him, then the natural repercussions of that will be that we die. 
And we die apart from his eternal goodness. And we die apart from his eternal plan. And the wages of sin is, in fact, death. The way that we, what we get when we live life our own way is that we die and we die apart from God. And God says, you may die apart from me. God's not going to force you into a relationship with him. He's not going to force you to live with him eternally. That would be manipulative. That would be kidnapping. So he's going to let you. Do your own thing and go your own way. And the wages of going your own way, what you do for going your own way, is that you die apart from God. You die in a judgment. You die without him. And you, live, and you will spend eternity without him. But God being good doesn't want our story to end there. Just like my good father didn't want me to spend cold, dark winters in Scotland freezing. <laughs> He had other plans. He had other desires, and he intervened. And we have a good God who intervenes in this moment, who sends his own son into the world full of sin, full of pain, full of suffering, and allows Jesus to experience all of that. Grew up under Roman occupation as a Jewish boy. Experienced racism, experienced injustice, Watched his father die, his natural father, probably at a young age. Had to take on the family business. Had to work hard. Served his mother faithfully. Had calloused hands and thick skin. Jesus lived a tough life. One that probably many of us don't know here in the West, here in the U.S. Started a movement of followers and then got killed for that under Roman execution. Died a brutal and horrendous death to demonstrate his love for us, to say, I'll go to any length to communicate this, I love you. And because Jesus died unjustly, the Father saw it fit to send the Spirit to resurrect Jesus to eternal life. Three days later, after Jesus died, he got up from the dead. And it's our message today Death does not have to hold you because we follow the one that death did not hold. Thank you, Jesus, for this necessary gift. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Today we get to enter into a good gift, but a needed gift. God doesn't want it to stay this way. Perhaps this season there's things that you're looking for. New clothes, financial breakthrough, a beautiful relationship. You know, all I want for Christmas is you. Some, some good gadgets, new computer. And as pressing as some of these needs may feel, there's something deeper that we all need. There's a need behind the need. There's the God behind all of the needs that we experience. And we need God. We need God. We need him in our life because there's a bill that's coming due that none of us can pay. Nobody in this room can afford it. No matter how successful you are, no matter how smart you are, nobody in this city can afford the bill. Can't afford the bill. You can't foot it. And we're not used to being something other than self-reliant and independent. Being independent feels good. I was 21 years old. I was feeling good. I was feeling independent, feeling like I made it, and my knees got chopped out by a power bill. So fragile, so frail, actually, in my, the might of my young masculine bravado. 
And in the height of our life, we can feel like we've made it. Like we can live independently, like we can do it on our own. And I'm here to say there's a gift that you need. That there is a bill that's coming that will be due. And it's time for us to start leaning into that relationship with the good father who can pay it. He sent his son. His name is Jesus. And there's an invitation here to follow the ways of Jesus, to get to know this God who loves you, to enter into all of his plans, to turn from our sin and our desire to do things our way and turn back to the way to do things his way. So I'd like to pray for us and enter into a moment of prayer to extend this opportunity to you. So Lord Jesus, we invite your spirit into this space right now. God, would you help us to remember your love for us? God, help us to also remember how apart from you, we can do nothing. Apart from you, we can't afford this bill. We've sinned. It's natural, sure. But it's also an offense to you. Lord, please weigh in in this moment. We invite your presence here. In Jesus' name. In a moment, I want to extend an invitation to receive this opportunity. If you've not received the gift of Jesus in your life, if you've not turned away from sin, if you've not began a relationship with him, there is a bill coming, and you can't afford it. Life may be working for you. It might be going really well. You might be top of your class or the most wealthy person in your neighborhood, that's fine, and I celebrate that, but it can't pay the bill. Friends, going to church doesn't pay the bill. Praying doesn't pay the bill. Having a parent that is a pastor or a grandparent who went to church, it doesn't pay the bill. No person or action can deliver you from this sin. You're separated from the Lord and you need the Lord to draw near. Only the blood of Jesus can pay for what we've done. Only the blood of Jesus can foot the wages of our sin. And he's offering this opportunity to you right now to put your sin somewhere else, that he would come in and clean up the mess, that he would get the grime off of us because sinful people can't clean up sinful situations. We can't do it. Sin is a propensity. Sin, we just keep turning back to it. We need the Lord to enter in, to change our hearts, to clean and purify our hearts and our minds and our hands, to put our sin on the cross. And I believe that many of us need to take up this opportunity to take them up on this offer. Perhaps you've been coming to church. Perhaps you've been doing what's right. But still your faith is in the wrong place. It's in your own actions rather than his completed work where he hung on the cross and said, it's finished. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive us. Perhaps you've thought, I can work my way out of this. Time will heal all wounds, or I can be good enough, or I'm certainly better than those folks. And I'm sure you are, but you're not as good as our God. So stop comparing yourself. 
this is your moment to turn and stop trusting in yourself and trust in Jesus, to give your life to him, to yield your will to his will, to stop your desires and pick up his good plan, to turn your life around and give it to him. And turning your life around, you don't have to be in a bad place to turn your life around. You can be living independently. You can be at the top of your game, but without the Lord, something's coming. So in this moment, I wanna give us an opportunity to pause our hearts. To look to our God, to call upon him, to get right with Jesus, to invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your life to say, God, I've done it wrong and I've tried to do it without you. Maybe in New York, you're a success. Maybe you're in the top of your field, at the top of your game. Lord, we see that there's things in our lives that are outside of our control. That we've done things, thought things, lived in certain ways that we know are not right. Not according to the standard of New York, but according to the standard of the God who made New York City. You're holy and we're not. You're righteous and we're not. You're just and we're just not. We're prone to fighting. We're prone to lust. We're prone to living our way and not your way. So God, in this moment, we pause. Let's just do some business with the Lord. In your heart, just say this, Father God, I can see I've lived without you. I can see I've tried to do it my own way. I've lived for the gifts of this world rather than the gift that you've given. I've placed more weight on the gifts of this season than the gift that you gave 2,000 years ago. I've held myself to the standard of our culture rather than the standard of the God of our culture. And in this moment, I'm turning to you. I receive your gift. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that there's some here that prayed that for the first time in a while or maybe the first time in your life with sincerity. And I want to celebrate with you. And this is a moment for you to respond and just say, yeah, I've, I've got the gift. So if the Lord was doing some work in your heart, it may have felt like a tightening in your chest or a leaping of your heart. If God is reaching out to you in a fresh way, we wanna celebrate with you and celebrate together. Could you just lift your hand and receive that gift fresh and new? Praise God, praise God. Receive that gift fresh and new. Thank you, Lord, for your gift towards us, your gift towards your children. God, we walk in that. We receive that new. Thank you, Lord, that though the wages of sin is death, you've got a free gift of eternal life. And Lord, I pray that in this season, we would grip hold of that. 
not our culture, not the glitz and the glam, not the anxiety of trying to give good gifts to those that we love, but Lord, that we would grip hold of the gift that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If, um, if you've made a decision today to follow Jesus, to receive that gift on your welcome card, could you indicate this? Because we're about to go into a time of giving, we're about to go into a time of where we, we do our big give, and we wanna know who to follow up with this week to talk to you more about a relationship of following Jesus, some next steps of how we do that. And so there's a box here that says, I'd like to follow Jesus on your welcome card. Please check that box. So let us know and we'll be in touch to talk about what that means and how that looks, how we begin a relationship of following Jesus for the rest of our life. This is the most important gift of this season. That Jesus is here. He lived, he died, he rose again for me and you. So thank you for receiving that gift. And thank you, Dad, for paying my power bill. And thank you, Father God, for paying a debt that none of us could pay in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you now, forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have been listening to the Messages podcast with Every Nation NYC. If you enjoyed our message, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps others hear the message of Jesus, and we really appreciate it. If you have yet to spend time with us in person, we would love to welcome you to one of our services. Visit everynationnyc.org to find all the info you need to attend a service. We will see you there.